welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. Hello, my friend, my warrior. How are you doing this week? Are you feeling just a little bit brighter, a little bit better? Are you writing five things that you are grateful for in your journal each evening? I certainly hope so. This week, we continue our three-part series on what really helps us during our grieving process. One of the most vital tasks you need to remember and do when you are bereaved is to not isolate yourself during this time. It is very easy to stay at home and not bother with anyone because mostly You just don't have the energy and desire to interact with other people unless you have to. And even when you have to, mostly for work, you are putting on that mask and acting like everything is okay, or at least as well as it can be under the circumstances. And then you hightail it back to your humble abode at the end of the day and dive into the bed or on the sofa, curled up with the blankets and wish the world would just go away. Then tomorrow comes, you wake up, you open your eyes, and you start that act all over again. You feel so disingenuous, but it's all you can muster right now. So to help you during this difficult time, I am asking you to look for the people in your world who you can definitely count on to connect with just a little bit each day. Whether that's a call, a text, an email, or through social media, please make the effort and ask them to make the effort to connect with you in some small form each day so you don't feel isolated and lost. The worst thing you can do is isolate and feel like you're falling down the rabbit hole. That we do not want for you. It takes a great deal of effort to come back out of that hole, so the very best thing is not to allow yourself to go there to begin with. Ask your family and friends for what you need because they cannot read your mind. And truly, when you are first bereaved, You may not even know how they can help you yet. Because in the beginning, everyone is around you, many coming from miles away to stay with you during the funeral. But once the funeral and burial is over, you will come to a place where your days and nights might keep you busy with responsibilities. But when you finally rest in your chair or bed at nighttime, Maybe even alone, you will feel it. 
During your activity, you can convince yourself that you are fine, but when you're alone, it kicks in. It is then you might realize you need to have someone over for tea or coffee once or twice a week. Maybe going out for a meal together each week so you have something to look forward to and someone whom you can vent to. Someone who might invite you to their own home just to get out of yours. Yet another thing I suggest is to attend a bereavement support group for the type of loss you have endured. With a little research, you should be able to find something appropriate in your community or close to you. The key here is to search for one that is closest to the type of death and relationship you had with that special someone. So if your loved one took their own life, look for a suicide support group so you will be able to freely express your pain with those who can be the most compassionate and understanding as you talk in the group without judgment or shame. If you experience the murder of a loved one, definitely look for a group of parents or siblings who know exactly what this feels like, because in this type of group you will be able to share all your anger and how you'd like to kill the person who did this, as well as learn about the criminal justice system, which is so important to this type of loss. You'll need to know all the nuances of how the homicide detectives work, working with the district attorney or prosecutor who will be representing the state against the defendant, knowing how to act in the courtroom during the trial, where to sit, and so much more is necessary for as successful an outcome as possible. If you visit my website, marymac.info, there is a tab at the top entitled Grief Resources, and there you will find the national organizations for almost every type of loss. Go through them and choose which would be the best for you. Call them and ask for a support group in your area or a contact person that could support you through your pain. Also, if you feel you are so sad that you need a counselor immediately to express your pain, look for the resources on my site entitled Crisis Connections, where you'll find hotlines to call. Please don't hesitate. They are there to listen, and you do not need to be suicidal to take advantage of these kind folks' time and attention. And when you get together with your friends or those you will meet at the support group, make it a point to give hugs and long ones too. When you've lost someone so special, especially if they were your spouse, you long for that sense of touch which they can no longer provide. And you need that. And hugging fellow support group members, family, and friends is a perfect place for it. Sometimes we need someone to hold us so we can breathe again or cry out our feelings and frustrations. There is no greater gift to give someone or receive than a long, caring, and compassionate hug 
when we are grieving. Look for opportunities to receive them and ask for them. Or open your arms to someone and enjoy that embrace. Don't be shy. Then take in a huge breath and feel the love. You need that. Another special person I'd like you to know about is Marissa Peer. Her signature videos are about knowing and learning about yourself and recognizing that you are enough just the way you are. She teaches that when we don't love ourselves, we are doing ourselves a great disservice. I've enjoyed her programs for many years, and the most important is to watch her videos on the subject, I Am Enough. I will leave the links in the show notes. Her work is so important to you when you are feeling so sad. Something that can also help us is to do small amounts of exercise. It has been proven that daily exercise, even walking around the block and breathing deeply, will help stimulate your body and mind and decrease your possibility of moving into depression. Find an exercise that makes you happy. Do small amounts at first and work your way up. If you have been sedentary for a long time, go slowly and count each mini-workout as a conquest. And while I'm not a doctor, fitness coach, or trainer, I have heard some good news about high-intensity interval training and sprint interval training. These programs are short and sweet rather than spending hours at the gym. So do check them out online and see if they might work for you. Another trick is to do your workout first thing upon arising. Lay out your workout clothes, socks, and tennis shoes so you are focused on that. Get in the routine of keeping your promise to yourself that you will do your workout before anything else. It will be the first thing to check off your list each day or off your calendar. And it will make you feel so good that you are doing something wonderful for yourself to regain your strength and energy and uplift your mood. Now let's talk about music. Music can be tricky. Sometimes it makes us happy, yet while grieving, certain music can bring on sadness and memories when we enjoyed that piece of music with our special someone, and it can cause tears. But putting on uplifting, fun music when your home is so quiet can be a wonderful friend. When your home is much too quiet, you tend to dwell on your problems, but if we distract ourselves for a time, our mood will lift. And if you find yourself crying at a memorable song, so be it. No one knows when that special song will come on, so don't beat yourself up. And if you find yourself out shopping or tending to errands, and all of a sudden your wedding song comes on, do realize that this happens to almost everyone who is bereaved. So use music as something that will bring joy to you 
as well as console you when it's a painful day. Any possibility that you have a green thumb or would like to learn? Well, gardening is a wonderful way to work through stress, and it can also be therapeutic to build a garden in honor of your loved one. My friend Sharon did just this. Her home has the loveliest plants and flowering bushes. It has always looked so magnificent. After her husband Paul died almost two years ago now, she decided to create a special area of her yard to memorialize him. She chose all the plants and flowers and planted them all herself. She also decided to get a stone engraved to commemorate the garden. It brought her peace and satisfaction that this special area of her home honored his memory. Perhaps gardening is something that would soothe your soul, too. One of my favorite sources of love and comfort is to bring a pet into your life. There are so many pets in addition to cats and dogs, and only you know what is right for you and your lifestyle. Whether it is a fur baby, like a dog or cat, that you can cuddle with, kiss and play with, or something like fish, birds, or other pets, these are all wonderful creatures, living creatures, whom you can give and receive love from. They are all pets that you can talk to, have conversations with, and provide you with the sense of having someone with you, when it can't be a human. Dogs especially are always waiting all day long for you to arrive home and make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. And to them, you are. <laughs> they sit by the door, wag their tail when the key goes in the door, and bring great joy to you when you get home. Pets make you laugh, they love to cuddle up with you, and having their connection is so important to your emotional health. They can't take the place of your loved one, but boy do they make you feel loved and cherished, and you need that now. So think about getting a pet, and when you do, treat it right. Theirs is an unconditional love that is always there for you whenever you're happy or sad. My next suggestion is to renew your faith. Now I realize some of you might be angry at God because of what you believe he could have done or should have done to prevent your loved one's death. And so you've stopped reaching out to him or perhaps stopped going to church or synagogue. But having a relationship with God can help you in so many ways. The power of prayer, which is simply speaking to Him, can bring you peace. Remember, God is big enough to withstand your anger. He is big enough to shoulder your pain. He is big enough to handle all the ugly words you sling at Him. Reconnecting with your faith is a process that will take time. Some individuals never lose touch with God after a loved one's death, yet others do. They feel he is to blame for what has happened. But ultimately, may I humbly share that if you can reconnect slowly 
and talk it out with him and tell him all your feelings and then just simply sit quietly, you will hear that still, small voice come bubbling up from within you with his voice. This relationship you are building with him is precious. It's not about going to church several times a week. It's all about the two of you, direct contact, one-on-one, building a new relationship. Ask him to guide you, help you to build a new life. Ask him for what you need and always, always thank him for what you have. Gratitude is by far one of the most important feelings to sustain you each and every day. Be grateful for all you have and acknowledge it. It will bring you to a more positive outlook and you need that when you are feeling such sorrow. That is why I encourage you to get a gratitude journal and write five things in it each evening that you are grateful for. When you are grieving the loss of someone so significant in your life, the pain and sorrow can be overwhelming. There is no doubt about that. But how we deal with it is everything. So please take my wisdom to heart. Listen to these three episodes again and again, and consider all these recommendations. But mostly, be kind to yourself along this journey. So now, it's time to get up and dance, dance. Wiggle and move your body even if you are in a sitting position. I know you still think this is wacky, but please do it for me anyway, okay? Thank you so much for listening in today. Remember to write five things in your journal each evening that you are grateful for. Visit my website, marymac.info, for your free book. Please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. Share it with those who will benefit from it. And if you would kindly support my podcast, you'll find info on the top of my website to do just that. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.